Let's pray together. Against hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, I'll say it again, the words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for you and also for me, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise that was given through Abraham. And that promise applies to each and every single one of us who are here today, who are here to hear your word, to hear the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for humility. I pray for compassionate hearts. I pray for soft hearts, hearts like flesh, so that we may be able to receive and to know and to encounter the agape love of the Father here this morning. We give you all the glory and all the honor. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be listening here today. Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O God, for you, O Lord, our, our rock and our redeemer. We give you all the glory and all the honor. May the name of the Lord be praised. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. All right, God bless you, church. We're going to be continuing on in this manner, short messages, short sermon, but straight to the point, straight to the heart until we get to our anniversary weekend. And I just want to encourage you to approach the service with a new heart, with new attitude, with a new mind. I know that many of us, we've been coming to church for many years, and at times we get lost, we become jaded, we grow cold to the things of God. But I pray for humility right now. I pray that your hearts will be open to receive the message that the Lord has in store for us, not just for you, but also for me as well. When I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself all the time. So I pray that the word will pierce your heart, will take fruit, and bring about a crop of righteousness and holiness and faithfulness. Amen and amen. With that, let's start with our title. The title of this morning is called, I Will. I will. And our main passage is a short passage found in the beginning of the Bible. If you can all turn to Genesis chapter 12, only doing four verses. And the title and the heading, it says, The Call of Abram. But for the sake of today's message, I'm going to call him Abraham. It's Abram, Abraham, same thing. Rod, Ronnie, same thing. His name becomes Abraham. The title says, The Call of Abram. It starts with this. The Lord has said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household 
to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be pleased through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Amen. And amen. Let's begin with this. I will, with our point number one, embrace solitude. Embrace the solitude. I will embrace solitude. Bonhoeffer says this, every man is called separately and must follow alone. But men are frightened of solitude and they protect themselves from it by merging themselves in the society of their fellow men and in their material environment. In other words, we are afraid of connecting with our maker. Therefore, we merge ourselves not to God, not to our maker, not to Jesus Christ, but we choose to merge ourselves to things that are temporary, to the things of men, to the material environment, in other words, the world. As Bonner first stated, we must not merge ourselves to and with the world, but we must merge ourselves to and with Jesus Christ. Meaning as Christians, this is the type of reality that we must live in. Not the reality of social media, not the meta world, not the world of the internet, not the ways of this world and the cultures of this world, but the ways of God, the type of reality that we must live in as men and women of God is a world where Christ calls a man and a woman and we respond, we say, yes, I will. And what is that promise going back to our passage? Go, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. There's so many promises that God gives us. He says, I will, I will, and I will, and you will, and you will be able to because I will. I'm the one that is giving it to you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And what is that promise? It's the promise, the lineage, the promise through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through the sons, through the lineage of David, Solomon, Rahab, Ruth, through the sons and daughters of God, the lineage, the promise of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ is born. And take a look at verse 4. So Abraham, what? He went where? To or away? He went to, to the Lord. And he went away from the world, from the ways of this world. We must not merge ourselves with and to the world, but merge ourselves to and with Jesus Christ. For everything comes and flows from Christ. And that is the type of reality that we must live in as men and women of God. Where Christ is the center of it all. Just like the song, Jesus at the center. Jesus at the center of it all. Nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do because Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. 
Jesus, you at the center of it all. Verse 4, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And in this journey, Bonhoeffer says, Abraham becomes an individual, a lonely and solitary figure. He accepts the call as it comes. He will not shirk it or spiritualize it. He takes God at his word and is ready to obey against every direction claim upon him, whether natural, ethical, or religious. He will be obedient to the word of God. So leading up to our soul points in solitude, letter A, follow his promises. B, remember his promises. And C, pursue his promises. Follow and pursue is the same thing. But in between that, within that action of pursuing and following, you need to do one thing, and this is the most important thing, and we lose ourselves along the way. What is this? It is B. You need to remember. You need to remember why you are doing it. You need to remember and remind yourself of why you are here and what is the purpose to your life and why you are following him and why you are trusting and following and pursuing the promises of God. In the movie Cast Away, even people who are in the world, they find reasons and purposes to keep living, to survive and surviving. And in this movie, Tom Hanks, he finds himself in a place of loneliness and hopelessness. But the only thing that gets him going is one day that the promise that someone will come looking for him, that he will be found, that he will be married to the person that he is engaged to. And Wilson, remember the ball? His best friend, the friend that he makes. And when he loses that friend, he's in a place of hopelessness and loneliness. And for worldly people, my heart breaks for them, my heart. I feel sorry for them. Not because I am up there or better, but because for me, I have found the revelation of the reason of the hope that I have in this life. When my life becomes lonely, when my life becomes hopeless, I have hope in Jesus Christ. And that is my reason for living. That is the reason for my breathing. That is the reason for my mission in this life, why I live and why I do what I do. Everything that I do must point, must be an arrow. It must point to Christ. For Christ lives in me and he walks with me and he guides me every step of the way. Every decision I make, he is my guide. He navigates my steps each, every single step of the way. So in solitude, when you find yourself in a place of loneliness and hopelessness, you must follow his promises. You must remember his promises. You must pursue his promises. But the most important thing is to remember Train your mind to remember. Train your mind to remind yourself every single day. Etch it into your heart. Write it in your prayer journal. Etch it into your soul and remind and lead your heart. Don't follow your heart, for your heart cannot be trusted, the Bible says. But lead your heart into the promise of God. 
Into what? Into remembering His promises. Into following His promises. Into chasing after His promises. Into putting into action His promises. Pursue His promises. Pursue the promises of God. So again, point number one. Declare it in your heart and your soul here this morning. Declare it to yourself. Whisper it and shout it from the rooftops. Whisper it into your hearts. I will embrace solitude. In solitude, follow his promises. Remember his promises. Pursue his promises. They need to put. Number two, embrace Exodus. When I say Exodus, I'm talking about departure, exit. The second book that is found in the Bible. When Christ calls a man and when Christ calls a woman. In the beginning of this call, he calls us to exit. Exit what? Letter A, B, C, D, E. A, your old self. B, your old relations. C, your comfort. D, what's familiar. E, what's right. The world will tell you what's right. What is the correct way to live? What success means? The world will try to make you define what the purpose of this life is. However, our answer to our quote-unquote right is not found in this world. It's not found in you merging yourself into this world, into the pattern of this world. But the correct way, and there's only one correct way, and there's only one right way, and that one way is found in knowing and having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Many people fight their whole lives pursuing dreams, the Olympic medals, doing everything they can to gain the glory of this world. Yesterday, there was a big boxing heavyweight match. Not sure if Arlene's father was watching. Probably not because no one was Filipino. But Alexander Ozik versus Anthony Joshua, two of the greatest heavyweight, both undefeated, went. Ozik beat him once, and then Ozik is from Ukraine. Within the midst of the war of his country, he wins the heavyweight bout the match, the second match. And we see Anthony Joshua having a tantrum, throwing the belts. And you can have all the title in this world, WBA title, WBO title, IBF title, IBO title, UFO title, doesn't matter. UFC title, any title you want in this world, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters that you need to exit your old life, your old self, your old dreams. And you need to pursue the new things of God. And the truth is and the reality is it can and it can only be found in one person alone. 
And who is that person? His name is Jesus Christ. So point number one, I will embrace solitude. Two, I will embrace exodus. And our last point here, point number three, is I will embrace his will. What is the will? It's the will of Jesus Christ. Now what happens when you embrace his will as Abraham did? In Genesis chapter 12, what happens? What happens when you, Jonathan, when you, Arlene, what happens when you embrace the will of God? This is what you receive. I will receive letter A, B, C, D, and E, letter A, new fellowship, B, new family, C, hundredfold, D, the cross, E, eternal life. I'll say it again. You receive new fellowship, new family, hundredfold, the cross, eternal life. Let me give you where I got this from. Let's all turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 20 to 31. It is a promise that Jesus gives to his disciples. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. This is what Jesus says. Verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Did you hear what the Word of God said here this morning? Or did it just go over your head? Let me say it one more time. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. This passage sums up the book of Job 100% perfectly from the beginning to the end. Job never wavered in his faith. He never sold out God for the sake of his family member to look good in front of his friends but he trusted the Lord and the Lord was his first his beginning his middle he was his everything and then at the end in the book of Job Job receives hundredfold of blessing in as it says here homes brothers sisters mothers children fields and you'll get persecuted even more age to come eternal life if you embrace his will you receive new fellowship new family hundredfold the cross eternal life when I first gave my life to Christ and rededicated my life to Christ I had to make a decision of leaving all that was familiar leaving all that was quote-unquote right leaving all the old relations and the relationships 
And it's scary because am I going to have new people that are going to support a group that I'm going to belong to, a community? And God always, in my whole life, and He will do with you as well. He will lead you to a place where you will have a community, a family, a new fellowship, and it will be hundredfold. And when I say new family, I'm talking about solitude. You need to first be willing to go in a path of solitude, trusting that He will provide every step of the way. In Genesis 12, what happens? Just as God says, go. And what did Abraham do? He went. He obeyed and he went. And within that, he loses his family member, his closest kin. What's his name? Lot. He loses people. But along the way, God fulfills the promise of Isaac. And through Isaac, Jacob, and through each one of these individuals' faith, they receive more and more and more and more. They receive new fellowship, new family, hundredfold, the cross, eternal life. When you go from your old self to the new self, you belong to a community of Christians all around the world. It could be in Saudi Arabia or in the Philippines. But when we have Christ, we come together. We have a hundredfold of new family, new fellowship, including persecutions, which is what I mean when I say the cross. The cross means grace, salvation, but at the same time, it means persecution. So be ready. Men and women of God, may you declare today and may you etch it into your heart and say, I will, I will, and I will. May you have hope, not just in this life, but hope for all of eternity. Amen. Amen. And with that, I want to invite you to please close your eyes with me at this time. And I can go through the scripture which I have here with the history and the story of Abraham, of how Abraham is the father of our faith, how he in faith and in trust went all the way to the call of God. But let me just sum it up with this one passage. As Paul describes here to sum up the whole story of Abraham's story. It's found in Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 25. I mean, it talks about it in the beginning of the chapter. But I'm going to start from verse 18. And Paul says this about Abraham. He says, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. 
Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins, was raised to life for our justification. The promise that was given to Abraham is the promise that is given to us. What is that promise? It's the promise of Jesus Christ. We need to be willing to give it, to give up our all. Do you know the lineage, the legacy of Abraham? Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. Finally, at the age of 100, Sarah at the age of 90, they're fulfilled with the promise of their one and only son, Isaac. And God calls Abraham. Take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and sacrifice him there. As a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. What does Abraham do? He listens, he obeys, and he follows the next morning. He takes enough wood with his two servants. He sets out to a place where God called him to go. He takes his one and only son as he is setting up the altar to sacrifice his son and obeying God. It doesn't make sense, but God, yes, I will. Isaac is asking, where is the lamb for the burnt offering, Dad? Abraham knows that it is his son that he needs to sacrifice. And as he's about to sacrifice, as he lifts up his hand to strike the knife, to slay his son, the Bible says, God calls from heaven and says, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham in tears says, yes, here I am. God tells him, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. It was a test. And now I know that you fear God. And because you have not withheld anything, you're everything. And his everything was Isaac. Because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. I will rescue you. I will fulfill the promise that was given to you. And Abraham looks away. And there in his sight, the scripture tells us, there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by his horns, which the Lord brought to him, so that he can take the ram and sacrifice it as a burnt offering instead of his son, Isaac. And on that day, Abraham names that area that place, he says, the Lord will provide. Because on this mountain, in this place, the Lord provided. And God gives him the promise. And 
He says, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have now withheld your son and your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And that promise, the descendant, as numerous as the stars and the sand, imagine all the sand in the world on the seashore. Every human being, no one, will be excluded, but included. Only for those who trust in Christ, they'll be included in the promise of God. And I pray today that your answer will be as Abraham. May you say today, this morning, as the Lord calls you, and as the Lord is calling you, and as the Lord loves you, May you in your heart today say, I will. Yes, God, I will. I will follow you. I will embrace solitude because I need to leave what's familiar. I need to leave what is quote-unquote right. I will embrace solitude. I will embrace exodus to my old life to my comfort, to my old self, and I will embrace your will. I will embrace his will. And in turn, I will receive hundredfold new fellowship, new family, the cross, and most importantly, eternal life and life to the full. Heavenly Father, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you remind us here this morning of the purpose and the reason why we are here today. May our answer and response to you every day, every morning, every evening be, yes, Lord, I will, I will, and I will. We etch it into our hearts, the promises of God. We follow your promises. We remember your promises. We will pursue the promises of God. Give you all the glory and all the honor. May the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. And amen.
Amen. Let's close the service with the benediction. Let's all pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and remind you of his promises. May the unending pursuit, may the unending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gentle counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, which that surpasses all the knowledge of this world, continue to keep you, guide you, and protect you forevermore. And as God's people, we pray. Amen. And amen.